Media at SAFM with Ashraf Garda. Exploring every media platform and industry. Only on 104 to 107. I tell you what, talking about a brand win or a brand fail of the week, do you have a thought on that? Uh, certainly for me, one of the brand wins in terms of growing marketing has got to be the Operation Hydrate. And I know that people uh, like Yasin Teber and uh, uh, Yusuf Abramji, who I had as a spotlight guest yesterday or rather on Friday, spoke extensively about just how it's taken off. And I think it's, it's, it's a fantastic in terms of our citizens coming together to alleviate problems around massive water shortages in the country. And they've contributed in a big way. Now, having said that, there's some interesting stats that Tonya Curry will tell us about later on regarding Operation Hydrate and the impact it's made in a short time. So listen out for that when we talk media by numbers around 25 past um, 10. So Andre Furi with me with the MD of Marcus Brewster. Andre, good chatting to you and hi. Hi, good morning, Asha. Thank you. Good morning to your listeners. And well done on your, what, new promo- uh, promotion, MD of Marcus Brewster. Fantastic. Thank you very much. A lot, a lot has been made about, about your usefulness. Tell, tell me about that. I think I'm actually one of the older people in our office. Um, we're very lucky in, in South Africa to have such a young workforce, uh, mm. very trendy, very up to um, to what's happening in the market. So um, I actually I consider myself one of the dinosaurs in our office. <laughs> but 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 certainly the, the market. I mean, th- does it also say because I think there's big challenges that you face now, right? In terms of being the MD, how are things going to change a for you and and your company? We have to change. That's the, the, the one thing you have to accept very quickly, um, especially if you want talented people to come and work for you. Uh, younger, younger, talented um, PR professionals no longer want to sit in traffic for two hours a day, be bound to a desk Monday to Friday. They want freedom of movement. They want to be out there. They want to experience the, the, the market. And uh, to do that, you have to change organizational culture. So that's really the first point of order for us. So, so what then is the organizational culture right now of, of Marcus Brewster? What is it that you stand for and how do you want to change it? Well, we've been around for 25 years. This is our 25th year um, in t- 2016. Um, and there's an immense amount of history and legacy with the brand. And, and it's been around as uh, and regarded widely as one of the leading PR agencies for much of its history now. Um, so it's not so much changing any of that. It's more just um, being more accommodating to the changes in the market. So, um, you know, with, with especially in Cape Town, with people sitting in traffic for two, three hours a day, why not give them the opportunity to work from home, equip them with the, the technology tools they need to do that, and give them the freedom to, to perform in an environment of their choosing? Because mm. at the end of the day, the client doesn't pay us for, for people in an office. They pay us for results. Tell me about your own journey. I mean, how did you get to where you are right now? I've had quite an interesting journey. I've got a strong technology PR background. So I've, uh, I've been around for about 10 years in the industry, mm-hmm. worked in technology PR for a while. I've done some political campaigning as well, um, always with a strong strategy focus. So I've worked in PR, digital, social media, and advertising agency just to see how all of those different pieces can fit together and sort of what the differences are and what clients expect from each of those kind of service providers. And uh, when I went to markets at the middle of last year, um, kind of what we discussed was an amalgamation of all these learnings into a new form of agency, some a new kind of model of delivering PR. Well, I mean, I, I know a while back, uh, not not really a while back, not not very long. In fact, when Marcus Brewster was Marcus Brewster PR, then they sort of dropped the PR, uh, suggesting that they can be all encompassing. Now, now you're suggesting maybe even a, a further look at, at what you want to do. So, so what is it you do in terms of your current services that you provide, and and how do you intend changing that? 
So the agency has a very strong history with publicity. Um, marketers are considered as probably the best publicist um, our, our, our country has ever seen. Mm. Um, so that, that side of it is, is core to the brand, and that will remain. What we found, especially towards the end of last year and the beginning of this year, is clients calling us up and asking us, to draw direct lines between what we do and how that makes their business more profitable, more successful, um, how it opens doors to them, attracts the right kind of talent. Um, and I think that's kind of where the, where the change is going to have to take place, where our PR is more bottom line driven instead of just reporting on coverage and messages and a number of clips and that kind of thing. We have to make a direct link between your your investment for the past month has um, allowed you to unlock opportunities with 50 extra customers or it's opened a door to a new a new market or it's made a transitional period smoother. Um, it has to be much more business focused than mm. just the marketing. I, I, w- I would have thought PR was always bottom line driven, was it not? Well, I think the way that we, we report on our success undermines that. You're right that it, it is always bottom line driven. I don't think we necessarily report it in a way that makes that the most important part of what we do. We often get lost in um, sort of the ego aspect of, you know, we put you on TV 15 times in the last, in the last year. Mm-hmm. We got you into all the major newspapers. But unless those, those activities translate into something meaningful for the business, uh, it's really, it becomes a non-essential service um, at the end of the day. So that's that's the big risk. But, but the key then is how then do you decide that something is meaningful for the business or or not meaningful, that publicity? Well, it's interesting. One of our clients this year asked us to um, unlock opportunities for them to get additional funding. They've developed a very innovative product. They want to um, go into new markets, especially up in Africa. And instead of us doing uh, just a peer publicity, a PR campaign around it, we actually have had to facilitate meetings with key investors, with uh, venture capital funds, and they found that hugely valuable. So the, the PR aspect was very important in that in order to gain credibility and create awareness of, of the company and, and sort of what the founders stand for. But at the end of the day, the real value for them, the thing that makes their business more successful, was our ability to put them in touch with the right people. Mm. I know one of the things you, you said that you, you, what sort of bugs you about, about your industry is the, is the overuse of jargon, right? That sometimes means very little. Just tell me about that. Yes. Yeah, it's a it's a bug there, and I think it's also because of um, I've got a, quite a strong writing background, um, and my writing coach right at the beginning of my career was a, a former business day journalist, and she used to be ruthless with the the, the copy that I produced and 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 our workshops, and she would almost cut out whole paragraphs because she said it was jargon. So she installed in me a, a very um, great awareness of the kind of words he used. Uh, not to make things too complicated, because if, when you start using too much jargon, people don't necessarily understand what you what you're saying. And it's our job mm. to build understanding between our clients and their stakeholders. So when you use jargon, you undermine your own ability to perform well, essentially what's your function. Give me some examples of jargon that you that you think should not be used. Uh, I've been asked. Um, for example, I sat in a meeting where a, a person asked me to develop a, a digital brand content amplification strategy. Mm. Now, <laughs> if you know what that looks like, I'd love to see one. Um, but I think what they meant was just show me how th- that's going to be used on digital and social platforms. Now, that's a simple way to explain something and that everybody can understand. So those kind of jargony words waste a lot of time, create confusion, and undermine our ability to get to results very quickly. 
Mm. Interesting. Okay, so, so you said that you come also from, from a technology background. Talk to me about the companies you were involved in before. That's right, yeah. So we've, um, I started out in technology PR. Um, I worked with some of the very nice South African success story tech companies. There's a, there's a company called Fundamo, who's a, a sort of a payment provider. They were bought out by Visa a couple of years ago. And there's a company called Clickatel. They do SMSs, almost any SMS you get from your bank or, or from uh, an insurance company worldwide is generated most likely out of their office. Um, and they sit in Silicon Valley now, but they were started by a South African called Peter de Villiers. Um, so I was very lucky to be introduced to the potential, the transformative potential of technology very early on in my career. Um, and then towards the end of, or the middle of 20, 2013, 2012, 2013, I went back into technology PR after a long stint doing working advertising agencies, consumer PR and events. And there again I saw um, this immense interest, especially in Cape Town, from international um, funders, from from uh, retailers, from big brands, into what technology can mean for their business. Um, and as one example, one of our clients, uh, Y Group, last year um, sold a significant stake to Investec Asset Management to allow them to expand up into Africa. So that is for them exciting, but also for us, it unlocks opportunities to, to look at different markets and how do we tailor our campaigns to reach audiences that we might ne- not necessarily not have been uh, exposed to before. Mm. Well, what about then the, the challenges of the industry? Now, I know if we're going to talk about, you know, uh, digital and social media, then it's almost rehashing things that everybody has spoken about in the last six months anyway. So that could well be termed as jargon anyway. But having said that, there are real changes that are taking place in the in, in the broader communications industry. And, and although you've dropped the word PR in Marcus Booster, you made the point earlier that you certainly are known as and absolutely probably the leading public public company uh, in terms of delivering publicity rather uh, in the country and certainly have been for the last 25 years. So how is it how is it going to change as an industry, let's say, in the next five years for you? Sure. I think we, we're going to have a, base, a much stronger focus on um, achieving actual business targets. So I think where in past we were briefed on creating quite a lot of excitement around the brand um, to help with a big product launch to to make people interested in something. We are going to be asked to do that, but also to measure how many people end up buying that product. So if we're launching a luxury uh, fashion brand, for example, it's not just about how many press clippings we get. It is how, how many of those people that you reach through your newspaper, TV, and radio campaigns, how many of them actually came through the door, what did they spend, how much did they spend. And in that sense, you need a lot more technology in what we do so that we can actually track people's uh, purchasing habits. So, for example, if you could um, if you could evolve the SnapScan service that's so popular um, to record what people buy and how they move, you could potentially get people to, um, or to judge a, brand, a campaign for a brand based on how many people purchase that product through their phone. So there's a much stronger business focus for us, I believe. So, so the issue of measurement, I mean, and that's been discussed often, uh, would once again uh, come to the fore. How, how are you evolving in terms of your own personal learning skills? I think the big thing was in the past, as, a, as someone who's from a strong strategy background, I was able to just close off and sit and think for extended periods of time, not necessarily interacting with, uh, with other people in the office because the, my function was, was very isolated. It's a, it's a single function and my, my output is very much driven to producing a strategy. That's no longer the case. Everybody in the office is 
um, required to interact with other people, learn from each other, build off each other's energy. Because at the end of the day, none of us are as smart as all of us. So by opening up a sort of more collaborative, a more open office environment, a flat structure that doesn't work on um, prerogative hierarchies within the within the company, that's that's been a major change for me. And, and learning how to to adapt to that, learning how to still perform the deep thinking sort of big picture stuff with, but still then meeting um, regularly with meeting with the staff internally and 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 getting feedback from them constantly and guiding and helping. I think that's been a big learning for me. Let's then talk as, as we wrap up in terms of the the clientele that, that you currently have at, uh, at Marcus Brewster and whether that's likely to change. I believe it will change. Um, Marcus has had the privilege of working on, on most of the major brands in the country. Right now, we find ourselves working on quite a few technology brands, which I believe is new to the agency. Um, and we've had some very exciting uh, briefs from the beginning of the year, we've had some airlines approaching us, some, some major retailers. There's a, a few ex- and more technology companies that are that are knocking on our door. So I think we will, over time, see um, a similar class, a similar tier of clients, but maybe with a much stronger technology focus added in as well. Mm. And, and your personal measurement of your success as, uh, as the MD, how are you going to measure that? Sure. Um, I think for the first six months, the important thing is to get the right people in place. So for me, my focus at the moment is just attracting the right kind of talent and getting their buy-in on our vision for the for the next few years, and then just to evolve the service model so that we can come closer to that that uh, trusted advisor, almost that strategic consultant who companies and and CEOs and and not just the chief marketing officer, but the CEO calls on to help make important business decisions. Um, so I think that's sort of, if I can quantify those two things, then that's, that's how I, I would measure my success. And, and which is the year. one campaign up to now that you've worked on that you always, well, you, you know, you will talk to, about, talk to it about your, to your children and your grandchildren all the years from now. I was in the previous position, actually, the, um, one of the lead, uh, account managers on, um, the election campaign, social media account for the election campaign, and I got the opportunity to, to blog for some of the, the major government officials. Um, I met the president on the day that he was appointed, um, so that, that's probably in terms of the significance and, and, uh, the potential for, for actual change, meaningful change. That was probably the, the biggest thing I've worked on. All right. Well, good talking to you. I have a sense we'll talk lots more as you come up with some new campaigns for Marcus Booster in the, in the months and the years ahead. Uh, Andre Fouri, well done on the new position, MD of Marcus Booster. And thanks so much for, uh, well, getting an eye into your life and what you do. Thank you. Well, there you are. That's Andre Fouri. Right. Tonya Kuri with the, Media Week by numbers coming up after this.